0: Hello friend! You are listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, an all-things Wizard of Oz podcast that will take you over the rainbow and down a yellow brick rabbit hole as we pull back the curtain on American culture's most visited fairyland. We are your hosts,
1: Tara and MK, the Royal Revisionists of Oz and roommates in Queens, New York, here to preserve the rustic emeralds of yesteryear and reimagine an Oz for today and future generations. This season, we will be deep diving with the melodies of the many musical adaptations of L. Frank Baum's original Oz book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, taking up residency in the 1939 classic MGM film, as well as the 70s super soul hit, The Wiz.
0: Visit our Insta at downtheyellowbrickpod for an accompanying scrapbook and fave space to connect as well as our Patreon community where we continue the escapism and entertainment with tiny Oz concerts, acoustic coffee shop covers and mashups not sponsored by NPR, and other good witchy perks for each Patreon tier. Our Patreons are truly our MVPs. Consider joining our Oz Fam today, it would truly make our day.
1: May the world of Oz continue to be a bewitching escape in bewildering years, nostalgic and nuanced, and a magical refuge where two gals and queens can cross yellow brick roads with wonders like you. Hello listeners, welcome to a very special bonus episode with the incredible Matt Ripa. Matt is the operations coordinator and lecturer of drama and music at the Catholic University of America. The name of that school should sound very familiar to you diehard Oz fans, as that is the location of the recently discovered Judy Garland dress from the 1939 Wizard of Oz film. Matt was kind enough to sit down with us and tell us his story of discovering the dress and what happened afterwards. Today's episode is a teaser of that full interview, which you can find over on our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Thank you so much for listening and enjoy hearing a little bit more about Matt.
0: breaking news breaking news!
1: breaking news oh my gosh <laughs> listeners of down the yellow brick pod you are in for a treat today if you could see our zoom screen right now tara and i are beaming like little kids we're so excited we have a very special guest today the incredible matt rifa is here with us straight from hey. catholic university which if you know
0: alarm bells going off alarm
1: bells should be going off in your brain we're about to get into it but Matt is the person who discovered the most recently unearthed Judy Garland Dorothy dress from the original 1939 Wizard of Oz film welcome Matt welcome to the pod
2: thank you so much for having me I'm excited to be here
1: so matt we are so excited but before we get into hearing about your adventurous experience with the dress this life-changing news uh could you just tell us a little bit about who you are and your whole life story up until this point now
0: <laughs> your yellow brick road sir please. yes
1: yes
2: um so Uh, My name is Matt Ripa. I am a employee at the Catholic University of America. So I am the operations coordinator uh, is one of my positions within the drama department and the department of music. so basically, administrative assistant, I help students with registration, I run the front office, I schedule spaces, all of those kind of things. Yes. And then I'm also a lecturer. I teach uh, directing, acting, and theater production um, to undergraduates and graduates within the drama department. And then artistically, I'm a freelance director and producer. So I'm currently the artistic director of the DC Queer Theater Festival. Yes. Um, and then I direct and produce with various theater companies in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area.
1: Wow. How That's many awesome.
2: That's I incredible. wear a lot of hats.
1: So many hats. What a collection. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you from the D.C. area and did you go to Catholic University yourself?
2: Yeah, so I'm originally from Frederick, Maryland. So that's, uh, you know, 45 minutes or so away from D.C. And then um, I got my graduate degree from Catholic. Uh, I got my master's in directing um, in 2008 and then started as an employee in 2014. Um, After grad school, I spent a long time uh, teaching special education, uh, theater to students with learning based language disabilities. Disabilities um, and autism spectrum disorders and things like that. And then moved into teaching at the university.
0: Wow. Is DC or has DC been your emerald city?
2: Uh, I think, you know, it was when I got out of undergrad and I went to undergrad in Salisbury, Maryland. So out by ocean city, um, Mm. I was looking at grad schools all over the country, you know, in the Chicago area in the Pacific Northwest. Um, but got into Catholic and, you know, I really wanted to study directing. I got into a couple other universities for, um, like dramaturgy and acting and stuff like that. But I really felt that directing was what I wanted and it was near family and friends. So, you know, mm-hmm. and it has this historical reputation, which we will probably get into a little bit during this podcast yes. about uh, why Catholic university. So I decided to to stay in the area and be close to the family.
1: Beautiful. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> wow. So Matt on the pod, You know, Tara and I both connect our love of Oz to our love of theater, and we definitely connect our love of Oz and theater back to our childhoods. Mm -hmm. It's something that just was a safe space for us. It taught us how to celebrate ourselves, how to accept everyone, how to love everyone. Um, Could you walk us back a little bit before your academic days of how you were drawn to the theater and to the performing arts world?
2: So I did my, I mean, my debut production was in fifth grade. Um, I played the king in a production of Chicken Little in elementary (laughs) school. Yes. It was a very memorable uh, production. I had on a silver cape and my scepter was a fly swatter wrapped in tinfoil. tinfoil. But in high school is where I really started to get involved in theater. For me, it was a a place of refuge, you know, as a, as a gay high school student and still figuring out what that was. The theater seemed like a place where I could just be and live and, and explore. And the first production I worked on, uh, when I was at, uh, in high school, my freshman year was as the prop master for the wizard of Oz. (gasps) Um, so, you know, it was.
0: Props master, too. I'm noting that.
1: Yes. 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 You would have handled
0: those ruby slippers. How do you have been the prop master True. on the MGM set?
1: That's 100%. 100%.
2: So yeah, so I was prop master for uh, my freshman year, was more tech oriented, uh, and then started getting on stage and performing. And then when I went to college, I actually started, you know, like most college students, I started as uh, a history and political science major, um, double major, and then needed a humanities credit and thought, well, I'll take acting because it's something I love and it's fun. And then as soon as I took it, I was like, you know what, this is what it's supposed to be. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. So Mm -hmm. I switched majors to uh, drama and acting and have pursued that ever since.
0: Wow. I have a similar Mm. story. I was in the undecided realm when I entered college and looking at journalism and history. Mm. I love history. And then I just couldn't say no to theater as much as like <laughs> it is the I knew I knew it was going to be a daily look at my insecurities and having to overcome things. So I was like, "Sign me up! Let's <laughs> do it! Let's do it!" <laughs> well, I, yeah, I feel you with that. Sketch.
2: You know, I it was just a it was a place where I felt safe, where I felt yeah like exploration was is celebrated you know yes. and difference is celebrated and um and so it just it always felt like a, a safe place to be um and a way to express myself when maybe i always didn't always feel like i could express myself in day-to-day life and so theater was that that outlet for me
1: beautiful amazing we couldn't agree more mm-hmm. <laughs> So what led you specifically to work at Catholic University? I know you said you went to grad school there, but how did you make that decision to set up roots there?
2: Um, So after grad school, I was working K through 12, um, teaching special education, uh, theater, uh, and English. And I was directing a lot freelancing. And as you know, any K through 12 teacher is working a lot more than 40 hours a week. And so I was kind of burning my candle at both ends. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the best for my students, um, but I also wanted to direct and work, you know, my freelance life. And so it was, you know, days where I would have to be at work at, you know, eight in the morning work all day, then get home, eat something and turn right around and go to a rehearsal at 11 o'clock at night, then get home from that rehearsal and have to prep lesson plans for the next day. And so it was just becoming, you know, a lot. And um, this position opened up at Catholic and it was for, at that time, admin just I don't want to say just because that diminishes it, but it was an administrative assistant position. Um, And I thought, you know, this could be kind of a transitional job in a way. Like I could go work at Catholic, answer phones, do some Excel spreadsheets, file, you know, run the front office. It would give me a lot of emotional uh, and physical energy to pursue theater in the evenings. And there was this chance to, you know, teach a course every once in a while. Um, and I just, you know, it seemed like the right move. It seemed like the chance to, you know, teach some older students, um, relax a little bit, be in a place that celebrated freelance life you know all of the faculty work professionally so it would be something that if I had a gig and had to leave no one would think twice or bad an eye about it um And so I took the position and it's just morphed over, you know, over the years that was in 2014. Um, And so the position has changed into this operations coordinator. I direct on the main stage. I teach multiple classes a semester, um, which is really, I, you know, I am a teacher at heart. Um, And so I, I've, I've loved the way that the position has has changed over the years.
1: Amazing. Wow. Um, so before we get into kind of transitioning to uh, Oz-related discoveries, uh-huh. um, since you so wonderfully shared about your love for for theater and having it be such a safe space, a celebration, um, Did you have any sort of personal connection to the world of Oz in that realm? I know that you mentioned, (laughs) I know you mentioned you were the props master for a production, which is incredible, Mm -hmm. but even, could you just share with us, you know, any memories you have of Oz?
2: So, you know, I was thinking, I've been thinking about this a lot uh, since the discovery of, you know, there are Oz fans. There are folks who are, who are, uh, where this is a beloved movie and I never was one of those people, you know? So my connection through Oz was working on the production in high school and through my mom who loved wizard of Oz, you know, Mm -hmm. she, you know, would watch it. We watched it when we were little. Um, but it wasn't one of those, you know, I wasn't one of those folks who watched it like once a year. Um, and I, uh, I think my connection to it is mostly ways that it is um, seeped into popular culture, you know, quoting the movie, even though I don't probably now remember exactly where the quotes come from in the movie and the whole uh, story. But, you know, uh, I, I definitely seeped that the, the quotes seep in and then um in kind of revisiting it after the discovery, realizing that in a way the movie has influenced my style of directing. Um, and, and interestingly through things like The Labyrinth with David Bowie, um, which is super influenced by Wizard of Oz. Uh, but the idea in Oz that everything in the Emerald City was there in Kansas. So it was all part of her home and then she, you know, travels and, um, you know, you see repeats of characters. You see repeats of props or things like that that were in Kansas in Emerald City. And the same thing happens in Labyrinth. Um, in, in her bedroom, you see, like, her stuffed animals become characters later in the Labyrinth. And that's uh, an element that I've used a lot in directing uh, productions because um, I love that idea of everything, you know... Trying to think of how to word this in a, in a intelligent way, but that, um, the things that you fear the most or the things that might, uh, cause you stress or anxiety are things that have been there all along so you know that it's not um, so I like to use that if there's a play where there's a journey or a play where someone is facing a, a fear um, I'll often hide elements of that of that magic world in their everyday world. Um, And that's definitely a concept that I got from Wizard of Oz and from Labyrinth. Mm. um, um, Even a little bit of Alice in Wonderland kind of as well.
1: Mm. Our girls in blue. Yes, That that is so cool too, that you sort of reflected and realized Labyrinth, which I've never seen, I need to add that to my list. Oh, big yeah. Bowie fan. So um, that you noticed that that was an inspiration for you. And then that's what we love to do on the pod is find something and, and you can usually connect it back to Oz a lot yeah. of the time, <laughs> a lot of the time. So
0: we can connect any human being to the Wizard of Oz, like right, any yeah. human being, any metaphor, <laughs> like it's just mm-hmm. it's really things I feel like you could say that about. Yeah.
2: And I think stylistically, I was thinking about this also, of. Uh, I kind of am drawn to to that magic realism and to things that are a little dark, not not terrifying, not horror, but things that 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 are darker, um, especially as it relates to like young adults or you know, uh style. So, you know, the any role doll you know, books um, like Alice in Wonderland, Labyrinth, Wizard of Oz, that there is this kind of underlying darkness um, Mm. involved. And so I love playing with the light and the dark, which, you know, uh, I think Wizard of Oz does beautifully when we go into Technicolor and we go into the the Emerald City of that literally sepia to color. And um, so, yeah. Mm.
1: Oh, I love that. We're all about that. Mm -hmm. That made me think I recently sort of a tangent, but I was reading the initial New York Times review of E.T. back when it first came out. And in the review, the reviewer said this is basically the Wizard of Oz told through Mm E.T. as as Dorothy, like E.T. is missing home and is now in this new, you know, technicolor world that's so different and then eventually returns home. That blew my mind. Yeah. So just <laughs> presenting, like, wow, we can find these connections everywhere.
2: Yeah, you should definitely. And hearing you haven't seen Labyrinth, check out mm-hmm. Labyrinth. One is yeah. David Bowie, wonderfulness, yes. and yes. Um, that same idea of a girl who kind of does not appreciate what she has. She has to babysit her little brother, and she hates the little brother and wants him to go away. Um, her mom and her step or her dad and stepmom um and she makes this you know i i wish you know the goblins would take toby would take her little brother and then she wakes up and now she's in this magical world and has to find her way home find her brother and find her way home so it's definitely wizard of oz um, with jim henson you know
0: I've got to add that to our list. Yeah, <laughs> I've been reflecting on these moments. I think we're right now, Matt, in deep in whiz research, uh-huh. um, getting started there. I've just been reflecting on the moment that is usually shown in any of the Wizard of Oz adaptations and as well as other films. Like I'm thinking Home Alone specifically now, uh-huh. <laughs> where he has the moment with the mom when she comes up to that scary attic where the cousin always wets the bed and he's <laughs> up there and he's like, yeah, I don't want to see you anymore. Like I don't need you anymore. And she's like, say it again. She's like, say it again. Maybe you'll get your wish. I was like, there's always this moment yep. before these adventures kind of take on over where the it's like a yeah, it's a wish is heard mm-hmm. by the other realm hearers and also the real the real world healers. And they yeah. kind of collaborate together to be mm-hmm. like, did you really want this or what?
1: Be careful what you wish for. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then that journey makes you appreciate what was already there. Mm, Yeah. You know, by the end of the journey, you realize that, you know, it it wasn't so bad and that you you needed to appreciate home.
0: Um, Yes. And that we need both. We need, we need to
1: journey and we need to come home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I have a quick question for you since you are a director and you do direct. Um, If you, could direct a production of the wizard of Oz on the stage in 2021, what sort of details would you incorporate or would, what kind of vision do you think would spark your imagination? He's in deep thought. (laughs) (laughs) He instantly was like taken to another place. He went to Oz. Wow.
2: That is a great question. I, you know, I think, I don't know if this is a concept, but just in that 2020 has made me think a lot about home and made me think a lot about mm-hmm. environment and not, not climate change, like not climate environment. That's something we should all be thinking about.
0: Sure. Um, we're thinking about
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I add that to the existential dread, but yeah. Like, um, you know, it was a year where, the, where this idea of home, I think, once we were all stuck inside of it, in the inside of this physical place, um, really made me kind of reevaluate what are the things around me? What do I keep in my home? What's important to me? Um, and so, you know, I think there's something in that in the Wizard of Oz about that idea and the concept of home and the concept of, um, family and relationships and connection. Um, and then in that same token, you know, in this year, also kind of realizing our resiliency, um, which I think is, you know, if you look at Scarecrow, Tin Man, um, cowardly Lion of, they, they had it in them the whole time. And and finding that voice, finding that courage, finding that heart, finding that bravery. Um, and I think we've all been in that process of finding, um, finding ourselves and realizing we're stronger than we thought think, and we're, we're, we're tougher and, and have more grit than maybe we thought we did before. So I think there's something in there that speaks mm. to kind of what we've been going through in this past year. Um, I would love to, you know, I can't, I, gosh, cannot remember that production I did in high school. Um and I don't think I've seen a stage production of Wizard of Oz since high school. Um, so, you know, playing with like thinking about the dress and technicolor, how that, how we could do that on stage, how I could recreate sepia, um, how I could recreate mm, yeah. uh, Kansas and then the, how we, working with the designers to, to the entrance into Emerald city. Um that would be a fun challenge. It would be fun to play with that um, and and see how we could do that on stage. Um,
0: Matt, have you read the book? Have you ever read the original book?
2: I haven't. haven't.
0: Okay, Okay. I'm going to inspire your production for one (laughs) week because this vision is amazing. So in the original book, the Emerald City is only Emerald because they wear these goggles that they have to wear, that they have to wear, and they don't question it. They're locked on. (laughs) They're locked on no one questions it and it's not emerald it's just the wizard choosing to focus them on something it's it's kind of an amazing metaphor for what we've just been through of like this is what i want you to see so you're gonna see this and they don't question Mm -hmm. it so when the green goggles can come up like we keep saying like this has been the year 2020 into now like this extended 2020 it's been the year of the green goggles falling away of being Mm. like oh my gosh i believed this green city and it's not really green it's just projections of light and it's just tricks that this guy has done and oh my goodness so there's i want to see productions bring back the green goggles because i think it can come in because obviously the mgm movie decided to go more into like the european fairy tale (laughs) you (laughs) know villagers (laughs) land um I think that would be super fun.
2: Huh. I have to... Re- I, I mean, I, I have not read the book. And so, yeah, that would be a... I mean, it's... This whole situation has made me... And the whole dress situation has made me kind of revisit.
0: Yes, you know, of course. Like, oh, I, I mm-hmm.
2: watch this movie. I have not watched *Wizard of Oz* in forever, so I need to sit down and give it a rewatch, and you know, maybe read the book and 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 think more about *Wizard of Oz* because I've had to think about it a lot in the past. Yes.
0: If you want a good fifth yes. of the book, um, there is another podcast called "The Wonderful Recaps of Oz," and yep. I give um, Justin Peavy is the host. He what he's doing for Oz is so great for the Oz world because it's people who maybe want to read the books, but are like you know, what, I'm not going to have the time. I'm mm-hmm. not going to like it's. I have a million other things on my to do list. I'm probably not going to add the Oz books on. He's giving you like a nice cliff note um, exploration of each original book in the L Frank bomb canon, I think he's going to go beyond that too. Um, so really fun. And they're like 20 to 30 minute episodes. Oh, cool, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, just in case you don't want to read it.
1: <laughs> just in case. I Here's mean, uh, our opinion is, I think you're like, there was a reason perhaps that you found this dress you know so maybe there is a directing oz moment you. in your future
0: yeah and we're gonna see you at an oz festival down the line yeah <laughs> i feel like you're
1: you're in whether you <laughs> want to be yeah. or not you have <laughs> <include> been it <laughs> yes you have been this was a divine intervention um okay matt let's get into it so yeah.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. If you are feeling frisky with your fingertips, scroll on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing rate and review.
1: Each person who leaves us a review will be entered to win our end-of-the-season Oz giveaways, including a gift basket of musical adaptation goods, which, trust me, you aren't going to want to miss. All previous reviews will also be considered in our entries. We see you. Until next time, catch us at Down the Yellow Brick Pod in our Technicolor scrapbook on IG and partying on our Patreon. Gratitude to our patrons of present and future for making more magic possible.
0: Let's escape to Oz soon, okay?
1: TTYL!